Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mum, we've done two podcasts in two days. I know. But I'm feeling good about this one. I know, because you've done nothing for this one. Oh, yeah, that You must always be feel it. good, darling, when you do nothing. We have a brilliant actor who actually I just saw um, in a Pinter play at the Pinter, Harold Pinter Theatre and in the West End, and he was fantastic, kind of show-stopping. He is an art collector. Yeah. I love that, like, that's become a thing that everyone talks about with him. So I'm intrigued. Has he got any of the same ones that you've got? He's got some Emmons. Yeah. That was the first thing he bought, I think, with his History Boys um, check. And he has been in some really groundbreaking and important pieces of theatre and film and TV, such as HBO's Looking and The Pass. And Was Looking with Jonathan Groff? Yeah. Oh, wow. So I'm really excited to have him. He's called Russell Tovey. And everyone kind of knows him because he's been on our screens for years and years and years even though he looks about kind of he's quite outspoken too is he yeah he is about gay issues i think he's got a french bulldog that's coming tonight called Rocky, rocky that i think is nearly as famous as him i swear you look on his instagram and it's just like he's there i mean frenchies are the best to photograph so we've got rocky coming too probably save him a bit of bavette darling oh he'll love that So, what have you cooked? Because I haven't been involved in this. I am about to cook Mm. some delicious bavette steak, which the wonderful Ginger Pig have given us again. Yeah, thank you very much, Ginger Pig. They are the best butchers ever. And it looks wonderful. And I'm serving it with um, watercress, broccoli with anchovy vinaigrette, And a celeriac and potato dauphinoise. Oh, yum. And afterwards is a chocolate and olive oil mousse with raspberries. Yeah, I apologise because I suggested mum put it in wine glasses and it's definitely made it look quite come dine with me. Yeah, it does. (laughs) It's not my style, that. Russell Tovey coming up on Table Manners. Excited. Very excited. Russell Tovey, thank you for coming to Clapham. You're very welcome. Clapham is the dream. You've brought... The Rock. The Rock. Uh, yeah, The Rock. Oh, Rocky, the French Bulldog, yeah. who is delicious. He is. And who is not Rocky Flintstone. Oh, have you, do you know about Rocky Flintstone? No, the, Rocky the porno writer I'm my dad wrote. wrote a porno. His, oh, the yes. Dad, yes, yes, my dad wrote a porno. Rocky Flintstone. Rocky Flintstone. Yeah. 
think you could write a sexy yeah. thing or yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Right. He has a lot of dirty thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Does us. he get lip- his lipstick out? Sometimes. Oh, mate. Yeah. It's it embarrassing now. for yeah, them. He doesn't do it on cue, though. I don't He's know thinking how to about do. it now. It's peaking. Is it? He's kind of. That's just. It, that's his breathing. It does move Stop with the, with the breath. Oh, it's poking. It's like the nib. Anyway, um, thank you so much for being here, and thank you, Rocky, for coming and being a good boy and sniffing around. Yeah. Look at his little um, face, and he's moving his ears. Do you, does he come everywhere with you? Yeah, everywhere. Good. Everywhere. So when you're working, what happens? You take him with you. Yeah, I crowbar him into most productions sort of my rider now I feel, I feel like I've got grand enough just to say right you want me my dog's coming with me what about when you're filming do you take him abroad yeah. how do you fly does he fly first class uh, he because went... you can't have them in economy can you no there's only certain airlines that are flying which, which airlines United, United. Yeah. so I, first time I flew to New York I flew with him and he was in the hold and we had to fly from Heathrow and you had to go via Amsterdam Lufthansa and get to New York and he was in the hold and he was in his crate and I, I had to be there five hours before my flight and he went off. Then I flew to Amsterdam and then they, they took him out at Amsterdam and they sent me a picture of him like having a wee in the field and I was like, great. And they said, right, he's on the plane, he's settled, he's in his crate, he's in the hold, cool. So we went to New York. Got to New York, go through customs and I said, right, I'm, I'm picking up my dog. And they were like, oh, you have your dog. Okay, you got to go over there and they'll bring the dog out to you. I was like, great. Speaking of the dog, there this is, is that if you hear lots okay. of pattering, it's it's Rocky's little toenails on Mum's wooden floor. Yes, and so I so I stood by this area where they meant to have the dogs come out, and there was like these these four guys sat there, and they weren't really doing much. And about half hour passed, and I went, "Hey, I'm waiting for my dog to come here." They was like, "Oh no, you have to go over where the luggage is. You wait by the luggage." Okay, great. So I went over to the luggage. Luggage comes out. I said, where's my dog? And they said, oh, your dog will come out, then the luggage, and then you can go. So all the luggage come out, everybody's luggage come out, everybody left. I was there waiting, I said, like, where, where, where's my dog? So I walked over to this woman, I said, where is my, my dog? My dog's meant to come out here. And she was like, oh, okay. And this guy was like, I will go look for your dog myself. I went, great. So he went off. 25 minutes passed. Oh my God. I stood there. I got to the woman, I said, hi. She's like, oh, hey. I said, where's my dog? Has he got my dog? And she's like, hang on. She went, oh, his walkie-talkie doesn't work. I'm like, okay. Walkie-talkie doesn't work, fine. She got it to work. Walkie-talkie goes, she goes, okay, I have a gentleman here looking for his dog. He goes, was there a dog on this flight? And she's like, was there a dog, was your dog on this flight? I'm like, yeah, the dog was on this flight. And she goes, the dog, dog was on this flight. I was like, yeah, I was like going like grayer, grayer and grayer. She goes, yeah, the dog, the, the dog was on this flight. She goes, dog was on this flight. He's like, was, was the dog in the hold or in, or in the cabin? I'm like, he was in the hold. He's like, they can find your dog. Like, they can find your dog. <gasps> Oh, that's like your baby. And I went, but she said it in such a way like I'd left my scarf oh, on there or I'd left my phone on there. And I was like, okay, so, so what do I do now? She's, I said, what the fuck do I do now? Are we allowed to spare on this? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Have you oh my God. To- yeah. What <laughs> the fuck do we do now? So I was like, Shana. And she's like, okay, sir, calm down. What you need to go do is go to Building 24. And I'm like, do you know what Building 24 is? She's like, I don't know what Building 24 is. Do you oh know what Building 24 is? I'm like, no. Hate so her. I went, right. She went, go and get in the car. So I got in the car got in his car with this guy who's picking me up for this job and I went right we need to go building 24 to pick my dog up and he's like I said do you know what it is he said I don't know where it is but my mom works here she'll know so he got on the phone he's like mom's like hey baby he's like where's building 24 he's like building 24 I don't know, I don't know building 24 I'm like ah so I called up the guy in London who was brokering it and it was like 4am in the morning and he picks up and I said where the fuck is building 24 I'm at the airport they don't know where my dog is where's building 24 he's like I don't know I don't know where building 24 is he's called a number on the paper called the number this is out of office hours. Oh. Oh Please call God. back at 9 a.m. in the morning. He'd been in the crate 14 hours at this point. 
So get find building 24, run into building 24. I run to the guy at the couch and I go, oh, hey, is my dog here? Yes. Is he alive? I don't know. You got to do the paperwork. I'm like, please tell me if he's alive. You got to do the paperwork, sir. Fill out all this paperwork. He goes, he goes, okay, there's 65 bucks. I go, give him my credit card. He goes, no, cash or check. Cash or check. Yeah. Who I said, do you, you don't take them? credit card? No. So where's the ATM? You got to go back on the freeway, take off the... And oh I was God. like... Ah! Go back out there, came back, threw the money at him, went round the back. He the, did the, all gr- that. Yeah. A cr- grill went up, Rocky's wheeled out in a crate, shaking like a leaf. Oh, I go Rocky. to open the door, there's two guys that stood there back, and they go, um, they go, you you won't be able to open that. It's got cable ties around it. Thing. I said, it's got t- cable ties. I said, have you got like scissors or a knife? And he's going, no, you're not going to scissors? I said, yeah, I've come off an international flight with fucking scissors in my bag. I said, where? Give me something. So he came over like a bread knife. So I'm hacking away at these cable ties. Rocky. He's got hunting. him out, got him out. He's like a little snake in my Aww. arms, shaking. Took him outside, he took the biggest dump, the biggest wee. I got in a taxi and he sat in my lap and he was, it was like he'd been through nothing. My heart Aww. was like, I, was, I wanted that to kill myself. That whole thing must have been about two or three hours. It was an hour and 45 minutes. And you'd already had the five hours extra in the beginning of the, I mean. It was horrific, horrific. I bet he was fine. <laughs> he was like, Do you ever leave him at home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put BBC person. World Service on. And he just sleeps. Well, I, you know what? I, I was so determined that I crate trained him. I was so thorough with him that I wanted, because I wanted a dog that I could take with me on jobs that was going to be fun yeah. to be around yeah. and chill. Yeah. And he's chill. And it, like when it comes to the, like pulls me into the underground, he loves the subway, he loves buses, cabs. He loves meeting new people. He's just, he's fine. And in, a minute, in about five minutes, he'll finish sniffing around and he'll fall asleep on the floor, won't you? Does he sleep with you? Yeah. Oh he's under the duvet, head in the that, pillow. How does that work with the relationship? Uh, they just have to deal with it. It just oh, is what a, it is. Right. I mean, when when it gets when you get down to like sexy time, then yeah. the dogs are out of the room. The do- I can't have a dog in there because they're very judgmental. <laughs> I feel like he's, I feel like he's he's watching me and judging me. He and... thinks you're being attacked. <laughs> well, it's not that aggressive, my sex I'm sorry, life. No. But... <laughs> But you know how I'm they're very sensual. Mum, no, um, that's making real assumptions. Sorry, no, that I'm just like... but, but I think I think that you know they they don't understand kind of. Well, he sometimes joins like if he joins in. in. It's not, it's Russell, not allowed to be joined, but he he wants to join him. He would jump in and have a little look and be like, "What's going on there? What's yeah. that? I've not seen that before." And you're like, "Get away!" But yeah, he's a dog that likes to be around you wherever you go, shower, but toilet. The, the snoring with the the, the nose. I've got so used to it. Yeah, it's, it's difficult for it's other people. It's like white noise in. for you. Well, I bought yeah. a white noise machine. You and? mentioned that, which is amazing because it, really? it drowns out his snoring and you're, you zone into the white noise. Jesse! But does, so he doesn't become your white noise? No, you have no. to get white uh, noise. He does, but it, it, it does help the, the That is so machine. funny. Yeah. You'd need it though with a Frenchie yeah. sleeping with you. Yeah. Yep. But it also, Frenchie aside, I've taken it where I haven't had him with me where he's been staying really? up And the white noise machine is actually brilliant. I might get one, you it's know. It's brilliant. They're like 30 quid. Not on, and does on it stop like traffic online. and everything? Uh, I don't live in a really busy traffic bit, but I'm sure it would. But you just zone into it. Yeah. And it, you can do like a seven hour cycle. So you just. Maybe Hannah, uh, my sister, would share a room with you if she had the white oh, noise you snore? on. You're a bit of a snorer. Oh, you're yeah. saying you're looking well, you shocked. You assumed that I had really aggressive, loud, like, <laughs> violent you. sex. I, I, I asked <laughs> Alex, I once asked Alex if I still snored. And he said, no, I didn't. But Hannah says, I breathe in a strange way as if I'm about to die. Oh, like a like, death rattle. Like, I don't know why I do it, but <laughs> oh I do, apparently I don't well, snore. But, Hannah but, sleeps like she's dead. Hannah so. sleeps like a corpse. 
Hannah, who kissed Jonathan Groff. You've both kissed the same person. Yeah, hearts. Was Jonathan he, a really good kisser? Yeah, I can imagine. Kisser. That's what Hannah lovely. said too. Um, He's I, very sensitive. Is he? Yeah. Also, you both had to do sex scenes with him. Yeah, yeah I Hannah seen did. Hannah's sex scenes. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did like sex. Scenes. Yeah, so did yes. Hannah. Really? Is it awkward doing sex scenes? Um, is it more awkward doing gay sex scenes? Then, well, straight sex scenes. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like, because no, Russell's I know, I know gay. exactly what you mean. Yeah, but yes. what do you mean? Is would it, it be more awkward, awkward doing a, a, a what's it, 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 with a woman? Yeah. Or, I don't know, is it easier? Whoever you're with, you have a responsibility for them. I feel a responsibility when I'm with anyone. With a, with a girl, I want them to feel safe I want them I love to love that Rocky's like making sex noises yeah he's kind want, of perked down, up down, at the thought down. of it I want them to feel safe I don't want them to feel like uncomfortable mm. at any point because it's an uncomfortable thing to do and I think, must be so I awkward I think um, as an actress it's harder because they, they probably want you topless whereas a man you're topless and it's not as mm. dramatic you know do you have to wear those little things on your well, on like, your you have a little like, it's like a little bag yeah. of gold like the sheriff of Nottingham has and you just tie it all in mine's a really yeah. big bag of gold obviously obviously no you just actually I know it was a big bag of gold. I oh. saw you in your pants last week. Did you? Where? Yeah, at the Pinter Play. Did you come to the Pinter? Yeah, I did. Ah. I came to see Hayley Squires and I didn't realise you were in it. Ah. And then it was just like, brilliant. Oh, that's cool. Say, Which Pinter Play was it? in that, oh, that, that in what the second play. play what was, was it? You were in the collection. collection. I, had a, I had a cameo in The Lover, but yeah. The Lover, you were very good as the, uh, the milkman. milkman. Thank you very much. But also, I hear that you started calling David Suchet the Souche. That's what he's been known for years, Le Or Souche. what did you call him? Uh, Le Souche, Souche. No, I, some, you, you guys changed it to like either Souche or the Souche. The, uh, I think it's the Souche. And was he Le Souche before? Yeah, but he's, he loves it. He absolutely, he's like so... He was brilliant. I'm obsessed with him. Well... I, I thought the rapport between you and Le Souche was really brilliant. Like you and you, but you were just in su- you were so in control. Mm. But you were basically naked for a, a bit. Of, well, you were kind of in your pants, wow. weren't you? Bit, and yeah. your bod looked really good. Oh, thanks. I'm sorry, you're having cream tonight. That's all right, cream with a steak. Yeah. Is that is that quite <laughs> no, is that quite good? Great. That's not weird. No, 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 that's my double cream and steak. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. What's well, a gratin? Oh, lovely. So it. so, but I just have you been? Have you had to get into shape for that? Or have no, you... I go to the gym all the time. Right. I, I go to the gym three or four times a week, and I always have, and it's my Russell. it's my. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's my thing. It's like mm. that. Oh, do you like my it? Doc, I love it. I have, but I have to do it. So you feel it. good if you've exercised? Yeah, but it's like a thing. Like, so every I time did. I go to go to another country, another like town, city, I have to find, find where the gym, gym is. I find the local gallery, and I'm sorted. That's that's my thing. But it's because it's I, I need I need it. If I hadn't been in the gym for a week, couple of weeks, I start to feel a bit weird. Do you do kind of a lot of hit, or are you doing lots of body work? Like is no, it's, I've got a trainer. I've had a trainer oh, for years, and it's. Uh, work in different muscle groups each time you go and see okay. him. But I, I, I really got thrown into it. I was, I'll tell you one of the reasons, I, I wanted to change my casting as an actor because as when I was younger, wow. I, was, I was playing a lot of lovable dickheads. I was always the kind of embarrassing crush, the lovable dickhead, which I loved them roles. I thrived mm. in them. Mm. But I wanted to, I wanted to play the leading man. I wanted to be the one that was desired and not wow. in an embarrassing way. And I was mm. like, well, how do I do this? what do people do? They change their bodies and they worked out. And then I went, I was with an ex and I went to Mykonos on holiday 
and he, <laughs> God, would, he as was as you do as you do and he and was you a, had a rude awakening a, it was hor- it was a horrible experience he oh. he's a very he was he's a very good looking man in a very good good body and i was out and then at the time i'm i'm like naturally pale and my body at the time <laughs> was fine and i felt like i was having to apologize for oh. being with him so it was a massive insecurity dent that's dense. terrible yeah but it, that was you, you're but but it's what we all do whatever you it's look like whatever it's insecurities were there and the, I remember having these feelings I was like shit I don't want to feel like this and he had the best holiday ever because everyone was all over him I had the worst holiday ever because I just felt I just felt like shit and I felt like fuck I'm punching above my weight I can't Aww. do this I, I know but the, but people it's, it's but all in my head that's very things. superficial it is superficial but the gay world is superficial yeah, no. and when you're going to Mykonos it's all about Surface. Yeah. Have you been back to Mykonos? I went back again with him, and again had the same sort of experience, but a oh, bit mate. better because I'd improved. But I remember also oh, I met this oh, trainer. Don't say improved. <laughs> so I met this trainer, and um, this is all stuff I've never spoken about. Actually, you're very lucky. Uh, so I met this, <laughs> met this trainer, and I went started training with him. And I remember the first day I trained with him, I, I was stood in the change room and I was changing, and I caught eyes with this guy, and he looked away, and I suddenly felt really guilty that he had to be in the same room as me while I changed, and he had to. It, that was how. That was how fucked I'd got. My insecurity. Like body dysmorphia. Total, too, like total, total, total. Mass. And I was like, I am never, ever going to feel like this again. So I was determined. So that's, and oh I'm, I'm, I've, I've overcome all that now. So if I don't go to the gym and I get like chubby or whatever, I'll be fine. But that, I think I, I, think I had, so, I, I was a scrawny little kid. Were and, you? Yeah, I was, I was a little like lanky little thing and I was scrawny. And then I got beaten up on a train when I was 18 and stabbed in the head. And that psychologically what? fucked me up. Yeah. So that state. Was it an attack? Or yeah. A homophobic attack? No, no, I don't, I don't think, I was wearing a cardigan. Maybe. I don't think so. I think it was just two like smackheads that were just looking for a fight, and I got on a train. Oh my god! And they just followed me up Looked the cab. Looked at you and followed thought, me up what the happened? and they were the, the, yeah. we sat down, and I was drinking. I'd just come out of a, a burger chain restaurant, reputable, not that reputable, but anyway, and I had a drink. You can say what oh, it was. McDonald's. Oh my god! And yeah. I was, okay, I was thinking, love it. Well, what, great. Yeah, Diet love, Coke. Yeah. And uh, I was sat there, and this, these two sat in front of me. I was like, oh, this is dodgy. Oh, and they went, what are you drinking? I said, oh, it's all gone now. He said, I didn't ask, it's all gone. I asked, what are you drinking? I said, Diet Coke. And he went, are you going to cut him or am I? He went, I'll cut him, pass the knife over. And I remember Shit. something, I was like, oh my God, like out of body experience. My, I like went, rolled backwards. I was like, this is fucking horrific. So I went, oh, okay. oh look, it's my auntie out there. I just saw this group of people at like, my parents' age. And I stood up and I stood up and I pointed down there and then they just started laying into me. And all I could think was, don't fall on the floor because they're going to jump on your head. So I went to these guys next to me. I went, will you help me out? It's two against one here. And they went, leave them alone. Fuck off, mate. All right. They backed off. So I was just getting decked. And I was going, what do you want? So I was getting, do you want my phone? Do you want money? I was taking my watch off. I was going, what do you want? Violent. They just wanted to be violent. So then this woman, my parents age, pulled a chain and the train stopped. And as it stopped, he slashed my head, which is a scar there. And he went, don't fucking give it. And then they forced the doors open and disappeared. And I went and sat with this woman. And I was like, I didn't, there was blood everywhere. And I did always slash my throat. I didn't know what happened. And she had sugar sachets. Give me sugar sachets. So she went, do you want to call your mum? I said, yeah. So I called my mum. And I went, mum, mum, I've been beating up on the train. I'm going to She said, where are you? I went, I don't know. And the ambulance came on, took me to the hospital. My parents, I was going to meet my parents to go home in Brentwood in Essex and they'd been at a fancy dress party and my mum was a gypsy and my dad was a cowboy. So when they come and met me at the hospital, they were still in full fancy dress costume, coming, oh, like something out of Gavin and Stacey, coming, oh, where is he? Like that. And I didn't press charges, I didn't do anything because I was so, I, so, because I thought, 
what's going to happen? What are they going to get? Nothing. Nothing. And they'll see me again and they'll fucking kill me. That's what I thought. So that screwed me up. So I had this whole, I had a massive insecurity of being in crowds of lads, being in pubs. And I, I ended up feeling like a victim. So you end up, so when something like that happens, and I've spoke to other people it's happened to, you end up walking around and you, you end up bringing that attention on yourself. And I would walk around and I'd see lads and I'd end up looking down and Were being a bit shuffling. at school? No. But it just... It's all in your head. It's all stuff you have. I don't know what it is. And I don't know if that's being gay and growing up and not wanting to be or feeling like... Were you out by then? I was at college. So I came out to myself and my friends when I was probably about 15, 16, 17. I came out to my parents when I was 18. So it was around, mm-hmm. it was around 16, 17. I was 17, yeah. Nine, no, where was I? 19. I was 19. Yes, I was, I was out, yeah. But I don't think it was a gay thing. No, right. Do you know what's a strange thing? And I've recently been seeing a therapist because of a recent breakup and discovering stuff about myself and as my generation and probably a few generations below me and definitely above me is that when you're gay and you realise as like four or five that you're thinking about boys mm. and willies and all that sort of stuff you automatically know in your head that it's wrong and it's shameful what and it's do you all, mean? I remember being a kid and thinking about it but knowing instinctively that it wasn't right I couldn't I couldn't talk about it I couldn't be open about it and knowing at four or five already you have that shame that you are, you are something that you can't be and trying to hide it as I'm much sure as possible I'm sure that's true I'm sure and that's I, true I, and, I look, and I'm going through this I'm like I, yeah absolutely but your parents didn't mind no they're, they're amazing they probably knew they're amazing, anyway but it's the world you're in because mm. it isn't built sure. it wasn't built at that time for me to feel safe enough to go, Mum, Dad, I like boys. Do you want to open the back door? Does he want to go yeah. up for a wee? I mean, I think it's, it is it is very difficult. But, but isn't, that, isn't that And you live sad? in London, which yeah, well, is... Well, I lived in Essex then, but isn't, yeah, but, isn't that sad that yeah. as a four or five-year-old, you know you have a feeling of shame. You know you have these feelings, but you automatically know that they're not... You, you can't be open about it. So you have this secrecy, which I hope have now got, doesn't... Have you got brothers and sisters? Yeah, I've got an older brother. When I came out, I just thought I was trying to be fashionable. I mean, I don't think you're gay. I think you're trying to be fashionable. <laughs> well, I was like, well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, man. It's very hard. It, 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 well, it, yeah, it was, it's, hor- it's and horrible. And it is. Um, I, I mean, as out. a parent, I think I just want to protect that person. And life is much more tricky out there if you're gay. It's not as easy. Of course. And it's fine if you live in London yeah. because it's cosmopolitan. Yeah. Everyone understands not quite the same. Can you imagine if you live in Scunthorpe and you work in the docks or something? I don't even know if Scunthorpe's in, in the docks, but mm. if you're in that, it must be so hard. But being an actor, mm. surely it felt more... Oh, that's I, why. Like, that, yeah. Was that part of the reason you kind yeah, of were attracted have... to acting? That kind of, I, that it felt I, accepting and... I, obviously, you're a very talented actor too. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I feel like... I've always felt very kind of safe with being gay because I've been around it since I was like 11. I remember I was 11, I was in a kids' TV show and I'd, f- I'd got the biggest crush on this actor in the show who was like 19, 20 at the time. Really big crush. And there was an actress on the show called Susie Blake who I owe a lot to because she stopped filming because I was, I was in a really bad way and she took me for a walk on this beach and she said to me, you might be gay or you might not be gay. If you are gay, great. If you're not gay, great. And I remember being 11 going like, what does that mean? Oh, okay, so it's an option. It's something that can be, that's all right. All right. And you're in this world and in this world, she's like, lots of people are like that. Oh, wow. And I remember being like, oh, great. Okay, cool. And I went back to filming. I was like, all right. And I've got a crush on this guy, but you know. That's okay. That's fine. All right. Okay. 
and carried on. And I owe her loads for that and experiences like that. And my mum was great. I had this experience with this guy when I, when I was 13. We were both 13 and I fell in love with my best friend, inverted commas. We've all been there. We've all been there. And I was having a hard time. My mum was like, what is wrong with you? And I just said, oh, I've sort of been messing around with this guy, this my mate, my best mate. And I don't know what it is. And she's like, well, you know, if you're gay, you're gay. If you're not, you're not. And then at 13, I was like, all right. And then I didn't really do anything until I was like 18 when I come out. And then that time she's like, oh, I always thought about that time you told me that. And I didn't really know you, you'd had girlfriends, you hadn't had girlfriends. And I didn't know if that was something that, you know, you was or not. So you brought up in Essex. Yeah. Whereabouts? Uh, Romford originally. Romford? Yeah, but Billericay we moved to when I was at 14, 15. And what do you, par- are your parents actors? No, my parents run a bus coach company in Essex. It's a shuttle service to Gatwick, Southend, Heathrow, Stansted Airport. Not How Heathrow. exciting. So you didn't want to be a bus driver? No, I did not. No, and they asked me to do like my bus test so that they could call me at four in the morning if something <laughs> broke down on the M25. I was like, nope. But my brother now manages it and does an amazing job. And he brought you all... They had like files of paper everywhere and he just got everything So you started going to like young stage school? Was it like... Yeah, when I was, when I was 10, I went to drama clubs when I was 10. I just knew so what to do. So people saw the potential? Well, you, you know... a TV show by 11. Really? Yeah, I did a kids TV show when yeah. I was 11. Yeah, but... I, well, I did. My first thing was I was playing a traveller on the bill, and to throw Travel a ball at a police officer and, and say like, "Leave us alone" or something like that. Probably <laughs> the last time you came to Clapham or Mitchell. So. <laughs> it was Mitchell. Yeah. It's always it's down only here. down there. Yeah, yeah. Down it's the gone road. now, isn't it? But uh, and then I started auditioning, get on agent and everything, and that was my sort of route in. And I. So I, did I, you finish education? I went to I went to secondary school. I went to do a BTEC performing arts uh, a college, and they didn't invite me back for the second year. Why? Bloody. Well, I mean, I was, I was, I was cheeky, but uh, there no. was no. But there was a time we, I was in the chorus of Rent the musical. Oh, I saw that. It's great. At the college. Oh, oh I really no, I saw it. You at might the not have seen our production. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it wasn't that production. But and I got a commercial for McDonald's, and then I got a short film that was going in the Millennium Dome, and I was filming these things, and I said, right, I can't be in the chorus of Rent for this one song in this like two hour show because I got these jobs. Was it Will You Like My Candle? No, no it was I like Seasons of Love. Okay. It was that one. Right. So they just had like all three years singing Seasons of Love. And they said, okay, we'll just call up your agent, say thanks very much, but you've got your shows, call up, this show at college you've got to do. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. And they went, okay, fine. Well, it be, if you take this job and if you leave now, you'll probably never work again. But you were doing a BTEC in drama, so they were being what really stupid. What do you mean? And How she said stupid. that to me, and I was like, okay. And then at that time, I was like, well, I'm going. So I left, <laughs> and then they didn't invite me back. Did you go to drama school? No. Just I, kept on working? I kept on working, and then when I was going to go to drama school, I started doing plays. So when I was uh, 19, I did uh, the recruiting officer at Chichester, and I met Patrick Marber, who wrote Closer and Dealer's Choice. Oh, wow. And I did his play, and I did that through an actress called Deborah Gillette, who I owe a lot to as well. She took me under her wing, and that was her partner. They're still together. And I did his play Howard Katz at the National Theatre when I was 19. Signed with my now agent, I'm still with, who I've been with. And she was she was a, she a became a full agent. She was an agent assistant. So we sort of grown together. And then started, left there. And then a year later went back when Nick Heitner took over the National. And I did Henry V, His Girl Friday. Then we did Dark Materials, the show. Then we did The History Boys. So that would have been my time of going to drama school. Right. But I learnt my trade through doing yeah. theatre and it's a theatre training you get at drama school anyway. So you're only 12 now. Yeah, I'm that's 13. what you look. I just turned 13. <laughs> Thank you, you. No, I'm yeah. 36. 36. You're joking. I'll be 36. You look never. about you, 20. Were you in the first I do not. How old does he look? <laughs> 
Uh, the sound in the background is mum frying. What, is it Bavette? I thought we were doing Anglais. It's Anglais, sorry, not Bavette. What's the difference between Anglais and Bavette, Jesse? They're a different cut, and I believe Anglais is slightly chewier. Yeah, it's Have I made that? It's more flavourful. Oh, great. Where do you get your meat from? Ginger pig. Yeah, oh. ginger pig like yeah. sort us out for the podcast, actually. So no, we've got a great relationship. sponsor it. Not sponsor it, but they just like they give it us free meat. So we, so every meal is meat. No. Oh. <laughs> Do you like cooking? <laughs> oh right. I don't mind. You've it. been forced into this role. It's fun though, but my mum, yeah, my mum's never been that woman that was like lo- loved being in the kitchen. She's always kind of resented it. So I, I've said it before, but I kind of only can imagine what it would be like if she cooked with love. It would be actually phenomenal. Because she's miserable and she's well, my mum, Yeah, my mum was never a cook and we used to get a dish and if we all responded to it, we'd get that dish every night for like six weeks and stuff would turn up on the table and I'd be like, what's this mum? And she'd be like, just eat it. Just eat it. Don't push it around. And it'd be like fuel. So for me, for many years, I had to retrain myself that I'd be taken to all these fancy restaurants as an actor, like yeah. opening nights and stuff, and I'd literally eat the food within about a minute and a half. And they're like, savour it, Russell. <laughs> what what is amazing. that? And I'm like, it's fuel. It's just fuel. you just got to force it down, so eat funny. it. So it's like retraining myself. Oh, oh, Rocky's come back. He smelt the steak. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah licking his Oh, lips. okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Do you like your meat quite rare? Medium. Yes, please. So, okay, yes. so you, you said your mum would eat, cook the same food for like six weeks in a row. Is that yeah, the cook, no, when you'd say sandwich. it was good? Well, if we responded to something as a family, then she'd be like, oh, great, I'm on to a winner. I'm going to keep cooking so this. So what were some of the winners? Well, it's this lamb and potato thing, which appeared like in rotation constantly. And I'd be like, it's the lamb and thing. Just eat it. It would literally be like... Just you, it was just fuel. And the sandwiches of the day. If I said I liked cheese sandwich with pickle, I would have cheese and pickle sandwiches every day for like a year. So, okay, let so it rest. Was, let it breathe. Was, was she a nervy cook then? No, she just it isn't her default setting. She's a mum, and she wanted to yeah. feed, feed up her, her boys, family, yeah, yeah. Like, and look after her husband and her two boys. Yes, yeah. but she didn't. It wasn't joyful. It was, it was, she worked really hard. They were setting yeah. up a business when we were kids, this bus company, Gatwick Flyer, Avon Coaches, and Essex still running. If you want, they've got a Facebook page. Um, <laughs> and, you know, she, she, that was her priority. Darling. Yeah, top it up. Thank you. That was Have her a good p- show tomorrow, Russell. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good show tomorrow. Got I'll take and I'm doing, a ch- I'm doing a talk in the morning about collecting art. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Off food for a bit. Yeah. How did you get into art? I got into art because um, I'm naturally a collector. All my life I've been someone that collects things. Like Like when I was a kid, I was into rocks and minerals. For my eighth birthday, my parents took me to the Rock and Mineral Annual Convention. And I sat there with these 50 year olds. It was in uh, Collier Row in Essex in this like community center. And my parents sat there with me on my eighth birthday. And there was people there talking about geodes and agate and like all these gems and everything. And, and they must have thought, what the hell is going on? And I used to grow crystals with alum. I was obsessed with all that. So that, so that was like something I did. Then I collected coins. Mm-hmm. Then my nan gave me a load of stamps. So for a while I collected stamps. And I collected phone cards. Like Phone cards? Do you not remember phone cards? How old are you? I mean, I'm 34. Next right. week? Do you not remember you had phone cards? You used to buy a phone card and from they'd BT. Have they'd be green. Stuff. I'd have different pictures on. 
I mean, you're not a collector, yeah, Jesse. Well, I, I do collect art. No, you're a hoarder, darling. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, but I, I'm a hoarder. I'm a hoarder. I find it so. When I moved house before I moved where I am now, I was sat at my mum and I was like, Mum, I hate myself. Why am I this person? She's like, I don't know, darling. You've not got it from me. And I just got stuff upon stuff upon stuff and I can't get rid of it. That's me. I can't get rid of it. But I read that the first thing you bought was a Tracy Emin. The first thing, well, the first piece of like. Art I bought was an edition by Tracy. I mean, my parents bought me for my 21st because right. I met her and I saw the work and I didn't understand that you could actually buy art. And I was obsessed when I was at college with the YBAs, obsessed, some right. young British artists. Yeah. So like Damien, Damien Hirst, Hirst and Sarchi's like exhibitions of the sensation exhibition of all their work Jesse, was just groundbreaking. Okay, you might have to put him outside. Rocky, him we're having a really server. important conversation about art. So if you'd Rocky. like to join then, no, he you know, thinks that I, he clearly it. thinks I'm the most game. 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 <laughs> go outside. Go outside and play the Sorry. Poor Rocky. Rocky's fine. He's about to get Bavette or Anglais. <laughs> Anglais. Yeah. Anglais, not Bavette. Sorry. Uh, so that was like, loving the YBAs, discovering that as a youngster. That was incredibly influential. What to made me. you so excited about that? Because it's like some stuff I'd never seen. And it was, it was so sensationalist and it was so British and at that time Britain was the art forefront we were creating the most amazing work that was out there and I it just felt like it went hand in hand with what I was doing creatively it just felt I just found it so exciting and I wanted to be a part of it so my parents bought me an edition by her by Trace when I was 21 and then I with my money from the History Boys film I went and bought an original drawing and that was what I put my money into. And I got like, and I was friends with her at the time, still friends with her now, but, and I messaged her, I said, I want to get this drawing. She went, okay, well, I can try and get them to give you a little bit of a friend's discount, just give a little bit of a discount. I said, great. And then the invoice comes through and there was at the time 17.5% tax. VAT goes on top, oh. which you forget about. And I remember being like, what? Yes. So I didn't know I have to pay that. You couldn't do it in cash. No, with that, they're not gonna, <laughs> yeah, no. But did you have somebody that kind of held your hand at the beginning? I had, I, I had friends. So I met, I met a guy when I was um, probably about eight years ago who I did the podcast with this morning. We just started this podcast where we talk about art. It's called Rob Diamond. He runs a gallery. Rival oh. podcast. No. Uh, <laughs> <a> friend. <laughs> I thought that was an intake of breath you were doing. And like, oh, no. What's the, what's the podcast on called? this morning? Well, it's called uh, Talk Art. And uh, we're Rob and Russ. And I met him at Tracy Emin, had a retrospective at the Edinburgh uh, National Gallery uh, like eight years ago nine years ago and I sat down with him and I had my Tracy Emin drawing and he had Tracy Emin drawings and we started geeking off about the titles for our drawings and I was like I never thought I'd ever meet anyone my age who was the same and he was the same and then we became really good friends and at the time he was a musician in a band called Tempo Shark but he doesn't do that now and then he now is the uh, director of a gallery called Carl Friedman Gallery and we sort of learnt lows together and I suddenly like meeting you know the more you're in the art world the more you meet people mm. and the more you have an understanding the more you get influenced by and the more people you more collections you see and the more places you go and the shows you see the more your experience broadens and your taste changes Instagram is an incredible tool yeah. for the art world that it's, they've completely latched onto because the way of hashtagging an artist or a work and getting it out there is, is huge and yeah. it, your experience of that is Jessica. completely different now Rocky. My new best friend. Rocky. No.
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Are you a good cook? No. Do you appreciate good food now Hell from... yes. Okay. So what, some... The greatest pleasure of growing up, growing up, but I feel like I've grown up in the last two or three years more than I ever have in my whole life. I've progressed is that I actually appreciate a restaurant good restaurant good food that is something that I've discovered very late in life and I blame my mum <laughs> but it's like who, who do you thank for le- who's been this person that's made has there been a pe- person or a particular restaurant that in the last two you said the last two years I think it's a, just appreciation that isn't it lovely to spend money on good food oh my god I'm with you and going out to a good restaurant and having a really nice meal that I was always someone that was like go down the pub it's shit food you pay for it, you tip. You go back next week, it's shit food. You pay for it, you tip. You just keep going back. Mm. And it's just like, because it's always been fuel. It's just mm. like, this is what you do. And now, in the last two years, especially in the last year, I'm like, no, I want to go somewhere and have an experience. I think being single, going on dates and, and, and dating in a pool of people who are also like-minded and want to experience that, foodies, is brilliant. Have you been single for a while? Six months I've been single. Okay. Yeah. So, but you're eating well incredibly well like the best places <laughs> the best places it's and it's it's become a bit of a thing like and I've I've got a, a really I've got a really good friend now who is a complete foodie and, and knows like follows all the reviews knows what's going on yeah. and I'm like where do I go and she's like oh you've got to go here you've got to go there she's amazing and she wherever she, she's recommended has been brilliant so where are some of your favourite new finds? So uh, we we'll live in East. Uh, there's a, a restaurant called Brat, which is above the smoking. I can't goat. get in. It's driving me crazy. Just turn up at six o'clock. Really? Yes. That's when you I like s- to eat anyway. Yeah, you sit at the bar. You won't get a table. You can sit at the bar. Have you had the turbot there? Yes. Okay, fine. They just got a Michelin. Did they? Yeah. When? Like the last week. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there three times. Amazing. Okay. okay. Amazing. Love that. Leroy. Leroy. L-E-R-O-Y. That, that used to be Ellery. Yeah, but it is Ellery or still exists. Or did Elle this and is the... Leroy break up? Yes. I don't... Oh, so this shit, is, they This did. is of the same world. Leroy but... just got a Michelin too. Shut up. You are like the Michelin like So I've prince. been there twice. Uh, what else do I like? So, but then I go to places where are dog friendly. So my, my places that I go to, okay. 
if I find somewhere that's really nice and they accept dogs, it's amazing. So there's a restaurant called Bellinger's, which is in yeah, Islington Graham. You turn up there with a dog, they give you like a mat so the dog can sit on the oh, banquette sweet. with you. And he loves it. There's another one called Kipferl, which is on Camden Passage, which is an Austrian restaurant. Don't they know. do like um, schnitzel and stuff like that. You know where Camden Passage? You know where um, yeah. uh, well, off Islington High yes. Street, but opposite the Breakfast Club, Ye- next to the Elk in the Woods, opposite the Elk in yes, the Woods. Yes, yes, yes. Opposite like that, that area. is one called Kipferl, K-I-P-F-E-R-L, Austria. Okay. Delicious. You can sit in the front with your dog. Amazing breakfasts. Really? Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, that's quite So annoying. I go there a lot with Rocky. So they're places that I like go to. So once you have a dog and you take your dog everywhere, you, oh, when you mate. find a restaurant that's decent, yeah. it's the best. Yeah, absolutely. Taste, tell me what you think. It's really good. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, Russell yeah. just basically fingered the anglais mm-hmm. and, uh, and he's way. happy. He's happy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, thank you. Just help yourself, um, darling. Thank you, darling. Where's the dog He's in He's the garden. Sniffing. Poor Bless thing. Him. He was going to have some. How is it? The meat. Yeah. Heaven. The scratan is really good. The celeriac is really good. Thank you, darling. <laughs> Rocky's going to kill Alice, <laughs> the producer. He's like, give me the steak. I mean, you've you've done so much traveling. Mm. Where is your favorite place? Where's your favorite country to eat? Eat. Yeah. Greece. Oh. I love I love Greek food. Love. She got married in Greece. Oh really? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Favorite place? Is it Mykonos that you go to all no, the time? No, no, I'm not going to go back there. Ever Don't again. go back there. No, bullshit. I went to um. I worked in Corfu for a while. I did a I did a, a TV thing in Corfu. Did my family and other animals. The original one with Melda Staunton was. Well, not the original. It was like, before the Durrells. Before the Durrells. Yeah, Melda Staunton was Mrs. Durrell. I was Leslie Durrell. So I got really into their big beans there and gigantes, yeah, beans gigantes. Love, love Greek food a lot. Mm. Love, love, love. Me too. And I like Italian food. I love pasta. Yeah, everyone does. Love. Okay, so what is your meal that you would be cooking? If I had what for what for friends? Okay, well, I mean, is it a different thing if it's a romantic one or is it is it like okay dinner party? You got friends around. Do you do dinner parties? Yeah, I do dinner parties. Do I cook? Probably not. Do you ask everyone to bring a dish? I've never done that. No, I'd normally just get a load of takeaway. Oh, just okay. Just dish it all up. Uh, I love that. Or, or get a pizza. But I, I'm, for myself, I'm... He can I can make, Jesse, like, give him a bit more here. Rocky's losing his yeah. shit. Rocky, yeah. what's this? Rocky, Rocky darling. What's this? Oh, my Rocky. God. Oh, my God. Rocky, sit. Yeah. Sit. Sit, Paul. Good boy. Oh, oh good yes. Boy. Living the dream, Rocks. <laughs> so, okay, you do takeaway. But what, were you, what would you do if you were cooking? For myself, I, I always make myself scrambled eggs every morning. Done. Standard okay. on Have toast. Have you got a certain way of doing it? Are you, are you good butter, at them? I cook with butter. Yeah. Salt. I, I, yeah, I, I can do you, really good scrambled okay. eggs. I mean, I, I don't think they're like, anyone listens to this to be like, you're a dick. No, no. Do, are yours quite wet? Because I like mine wet. Yes. Yeah. Not too wet, but they're mid-wet. Yeah. There's a wetness to them. They're it not. They're the not like popcorn. You're not eating popcorn. No. Uh, but I would do, I'm good at like, just, I just do basics, chicken and rice and veg. Sometimes you sound like a footballer. Do I? Yeah. Have some more of these potatoes. Oh my They're god, nice. I'm so glad that you're eating so well. I know, well, we're going to have dessert now. What have we got? Well, Jesse. Okay, um, I apologise, it's gone a bit con- con- No, 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 no. The food, it, the, the taste is great. It's um, chocolate mousse with olive oil. But I've done them in wine glasses because mum was like, what about what ramekins? And I was like, 
No, and it does look a bit come down with me. Love it. <laughs> and you're going to have to eat with a small spoon, which I hate. How small? Like a teaspoon. Oh, okay. Mum, I have to say, yeah, I haven't had chocolate mousse for about ten years. She's yeah, phenomenal. it's retro and brilliant. Mm. It's good. You're making me feel a bit old, darling, a bit retro, because I'd never make chocolate mousse. And I'm sorry, I'm enjoying the wine glass. Mm. I am. This is next level. It was sweet. Do you feel like you can still walk around and be able to be somewhat anonymous, even though you have such a recognisable face? and You have been in, in, in everything, like... Well, my... And some really important thing. I feel like we need to talk about looking because yeah. the, which you, you your music was on. Well, this is how we met actually. Because yeah. Jonathan Groff is a friend, and he came to see my show in San Francisco, which was like a kind of warm up show. It was a tiny it was show, amazing, fucking amazing. But San Francisco is like my place, mm-hmm. and I have a really amazing um, kind of gay following there, yeah. and. They are, and the Americans are so loud, which I love. That's what I feed off and loyal. And it was just, it was a, I think it was a good show. But anyway, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. And I met you after and you were filming, was it the second series of Looking? It must have been because after that, Jonathan was very emphatic to get my song into a quite important scene. It was that prom, it was like. It was a prom, it was a, it was a, um, a, uh, Sorry, chocolate moves down. <laughs> it was a gamers. We've been at a gamers convention, like selling our idea for this app. And yeah. then afterwards, there's this prom where everyone's dressed in like, like um, gamers outfits and stuff, and we were in suits. And, and which we were song dancing. was it? So you, so love, you me. love me. But I will never. I will. I will never forget. And I, I, I'm sure you had a part to play in this, but that he he was so passionate about getting this song into the show, yeah. and I appreciate that as somebody who. That was a big deal for me. And for it to be in such a respected show and at such a beautiful moment, like yeah. I've watched ER and wanted to be, you know, when you hear that song when someone's died, the guy with the glasses who had the bald head, do you remember, and who was married to uh, Anthony, Elizabeth? Anthony Edwards. Yes. Green. Do you remember when he died? And what song was it that he died to? It was bloody Tracy Chapman, The Promise. I remember. Well, you look at like Grey's Anatomy, Snow Patrol. Exactly. The end of, the end yeah, of that exactly. One was like, in, was that, that was incredible. There's that made moments. everything. Yeah. And for me, that became like a really important kind of career moment. And also because I have such a big gay following and because looking was so celebrated, but there was so much frustration. Frustration. You did two series. <laughs> you, yeah, I and think it you didn't did get too soon. I think it would be more received, better, easier received. It just now. wasn't enough. Maybe they were just, but people are discovering it now, which is wonderful. People yeah, are finding I think like, it oh was God, too early. I think people I just weren't think ready. Wasn't, there was such a weird. We had a weird beginning in that show because the gay bloggosphere took us down. Basically, really? we we come out and the gays had been there was there's not many gay shows, so they it was hotly anticipated and they wanted it to be their show, and it came out and the way that Andrew Haig works and the way it was like produced is that it's a subtle sensitive real ob- observational mm-hmm. kitchen sink show that's mm-hmm. about a group of friends that's all it is there's not it's not like everyone wanted the catchphrase everyone wanted jack from will and grace everyone wanted the, the, the gay blogosphere so they sort of took it down and they said it was boring they hashtagged it before hashtags were everyone it, it was boring. such a good series. And, it, and that spun around but that was on the first episode by the third episode they changed their mind but and then by the end, they were like, this is the show we want. But by that point, they had made this. They'd given it its kind of death knell. They'd already said that. And so people, I'd meet people and they'd be like, oh, I don't watch that show. 
I'd be like, why? So it was boring, isn't it? And I'm like, no, it's not. It's like for it's me subtle. personally, it's the I feel it's the best thing I've ever done. It's the only thing I've ever done where I can watch, even though I'm in it, as an audience member, impartial. I see myself, but I'm a fan of it. And I was devastated. And then my agent was like, they want to sign you up for five years. And I was like, sign me up for 10 years. I'm absolutely in love with this. I love everybody on it. It's amazing. But it just... Just too serious. Too serious in a movie. We finished with like a a movie and it was... So you can never come back now? We might be able to. But I don't know if the creatives would want to. It's, It's heartbreaking when your heart and soul goes into it and people are like, no, you're not going to want to push and rush back to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you feel, because you're gay, that you're pushed into speaking out about gay issues a lot? I think if you're in a minority and you become successful, you become you have a by proxy for, yeah. an ambassador for that minority, yeah. which is something I never set out to do. I've never wanted to be the poster boy, but I have become someone that people are interested in when it comes to gay issues, and I have probably fucked up a few times with things I've said and not really thought about it and now I realise that my voice is an important thing so Mm. I have responsibility for that and it can affect things so I have embraced that now more than I ever thought I would do I never thought it would be something that I would have to consider being an actor just because I'm gay that suddenly you have to do it but it does go it does become a thing it is a thing and I'm now very very proud that I can be someone that is, I keep saying reference point, it's like my soundbite, but it is like I can be someone that people use as a reference point when it comes to being uh, out. And I have been all my career and still able to have a career that's, you Does know. that affect your private life? Like blokes might kind of well, you know, avoid it's, you yeah, because it's you're it's a bit... You know, yeah, yeah, I, I, it wasn't ever something that I thought about, but... I've experienced that exactly and I never thought I would and I go on dates now and I sit down on a date and gay guys know everything about me or know a lot about me or know something about me they follow me on Instagram they've seen something I've done so I sit down so it's always unbalanced so I'll sit down opposite these guys and they will know more about me than I do so it's I'm never ever going to be able to go on a date with someone you know, unless they've never watched TV in love, or I've no idea who I am, and I've not met them per- that person yet. But they haven't already got a preconceived idea of who I am, and that again is something that I never was considered. Because for me, doing it for so long, and my mum was always like, "You don't ever talk about it. If someone asks you about your work, talk about your work. You never boast. You never bring it up. It's just something you do." So that was instilled in me. So it's always, it's always felt like normal, and an extension of me is me. But I'm always feel very separate from my work. So I feel like when people then mix me up with my characters or my work or see me as that then that's always been something that I've recently I'm, I'm sort of struggling with I had a date with a guy a little while ago and we sat down and I was like oh yeah I did this the other day he said yeah yeah because I saw on your Instagram you posted that but then you like this person's picture do you like that because I, I follow them now because you did that but did you like oh this God. I'm a big fan of that person it's what's bit, he like and I'm like well, it's a bit like, I gotta yeah. go. It's a bit like Kathy Bates in misery. Yeah, said, "Oh, that was really good. Let's do it again." I'm like, "It's good for you." <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was fucking. You just got information. Yeah. yeah. Can you not be a bit cooler? I'm like, fucking hell. But that's is what it is. You know. I mean, you're you're married. And you've got kids, and that's wonderful. But if you were single, do you want to get you're... married and have kids? Yeah, hundred percent, million percent. I want all of that. I want I want my guy. I want person that is like my mate, and we're a team, and we go 
we go forward and we have a fucking brilliant life. That's what I want. Okay, so I feel like I yeah. know you a little bit now. Yeah. So I feel like you're a foodie, you're appreciator, and uh, appreci- you're appreciative and, and and a lover of food and eating out. But you wouldn't necessarily call yourself a a cook. Not at all. And I so, wish I had that instinct. I don't have that instinct. It's My okay. mum's upset. She thought she was like, I thought you'd be like a really good cook because you're very creative. And I said, no, I just don't have that persuasion in the kitchen. I want. I hope it will come later in life. You discover it and go, oh, I can do this. So these are my dishes. But I just. I love a dinner party. Love a dinner party. When someone's like, come over for dinner, like this tonight, when you said this is the podcast, I was 100%, this is the dream. So, okay, so you enjoy, okay, I, I can see you enjoy food. I saw you definitely wolfed that chocolate Everything. mousse down yeah. in and the about steak a second. And the broccoli and it, yeah. Your mother would not be happy. Oh, no, would no, your she, mother, she'd be proud. Oh, she'd be like, eat up, but yeah, she'd yeah. be proud. Yeah. Yeah. I love Did an eater. Be quick. Yeah. No, it was like, you don't talk up. about it. Don't ask me what it is because I'm Just not going to explain. Just eat I love it. Her. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, ruthless. What would be your uh, mum doesn't want to call it last supper? Last supper. Right. Uh, roast dinner always. My nan's roast dinner, who's in heaven, but my nan's roast dinner was like heaven. What it was, made it so wonderful? Well, it was my nan. But yeah. She had like. It, it was everything it was served on the plates the knives and forks it had like a whole nostalgia thing it was just my nan's house my nan's cooking the gravy which which meat there chicken, chicken lamb she'd have a chicken on the bone yeah. it would just be like and the her pota- roast potatoes were next level like the best roast potatoes you've ever had uh, carrots cabbage some mashed swede I love mashed parsnips food. honey roasted parsnips but she would just make and when I was at college my nan lived two doors away so I used to basically get a roast dinner every lunchtime. Oh, because she'd make it because she knew you yeah. loved it and so much. And I'd have jelly and I'd have cream. I mean, I wasn't completely overweight, but I'd have jelly and cream. <laughs> but I also She'd serve it in these like, glass yeah. bowls, though. Yeah. Oh, when my sweet. nan died, my dad said to me, what do you want from Nanny's house? I said, a salt and pepper. Oh. And I've got these little like salt and pepper things you'd get from like Woolworths or something, and I've still got them. Oh, sweet. So you went door? straight to Maine, so you wouldn't have a um, starter? Uh, I would have a start. I, I'm, you know, someone said to me once, like, soup and cereal was for pregnant people, which isn't a reference to where you are now, but they were like, he was like, I would never order soup or cereal because that's what pregnant people eat, or if you're in hospital. I'm like, right. Hmm, but interesting. I, lo- I used to live on breakfast cereal when I was a kid. Alex has breakfast cereal after his dinner. Yeah, I'd have it all the time. Yeah, he What's does. What's your too. cereal that you like? Rocky's just Special joined K. us, by the way. That's not. That's um, not me. I'm just. Developing that's some, not Russell. Some, like some getting really problem. excited about <laughs> Special K. I mean, it's like the <laughs> well, best. Oh, you're not joking. You Sorry, like yeah. you're talking about like- special. Really? Special K, Cinnamon fruit and fibre. Yeah. That's a treat. So you'd have cereal as a starter? I haven't, I don't eat cereal anymore because it's dangerous having it in because I'll just eat that and not eat yeah. properly. I've, I make this granola whilst I'm pregnant oh. and it's gone in a second. Yeah, amazing. But uh, I would always, if I did a start, I love a prawn cocktail retro. Right, yeah. Rocky. Love a prawn cocktail with avocado in. Mate, it's that little snuffle. They're like a dinosaur. They're like dinosaurs, aren't they? Like little baby rhinos. Okay, so yes. Yeah, so, so if I was in a restaurant and like no, we you're like retro- you're on death row. So oh, I'm on death row. Okay, no, I'm just I putting think it out it's there. Oh, right, I like that. Okay. You think what this question's horrible that if you're on well, death row? Entertaining. All right, you're going on a desert island for a year, and you have your last meal, and all you can eat on the island is sand. I would have. So it's still prawn cocktail or cereal? Yeah, but like really fat prawns. Okay. Proper fat prawns. Right. You know, not cereal, no. I wouldn't, I would no, I'd boycott not that. Not wasting it. No. And then my main would be like a roast, like yeah. a proper roast. Nan's roast. Nan's Pudding. roast. Cheesecake. 
What kind? American, simple. I don't need any. The almost lemony one. No, just the the. A the baked cheesecake. Baked cheesecake. Yeah. No, I don't want any fruit topping. I want a sim a vanilla baked cheesecake, <sighs> simple as possible, but really moist and fat as fuck. Where do you get it from in New from, in, York? from like delis. They, oh, yeah, to, they just have it there like it's everywhere. like a like a breeze block so it's of not cheesecake. Like a place that you go no. for. It. No, I don't mean again I try not to eat that as much. I mean yeah. I love donuts. Krispy Kreme donuts I would eat oh, really? microwave a Krispy Kreme and it's like Microwave thirty seconds. What are you talking about? Not you heard of this. Like, oh what? God. What filling? Plain ring. I'm really what, basic. Jam or no? No, no. Just the, the plain is the a best. A vanilla one, yeah. Simple. I've never like, ever had Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme no. donut in a microwave, thirty seconds. Bosh. The most. What happens is, to the frosting bit? It goes yes. a bit like hot. Hot. <laughs> Would you hot. have like cream with that? No. Look, I am vanilla. I am when it comes to stuff. I'm very vanilla. Keep it simple as a pimple, and that's where I'm happy. I, I like I like th- I like this. I right, feel like everyone manner. knows a little bit more about you now. You but like they're to probably not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, and then okay, last question. Do you think you have good table manners? Yes. And was that something you were brought up? No, it's something I've learned. I mean, yes, I mean we're a very polite family, the Tovies. We're not barbarians, but I when I go to a restaurant, the napkin I always lay in my lap. And I always yeah. work from the outside in like pretty woman. So that's like, yes, yeah, so I think I, and I, I eat like I put everything on the fork in the right way. I don't shovel it in. I do it like the other way where you prong it on. Okay. But you know, you, as you get fancier in your career, you have to like go to fancier places. And yeah. You have to keep that up. But in some ways it's quite nice to kind of play against that and just be like, I'm anti-establishment. I'm going to eat this however the fuck I it want to eat my- it. Your hands. hands. Yeah, I haven't um, done that yet. But do yeah. do do you find something very? You know, you've been on a few dates recently. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Like table manners in other people. What re, what's like? What puts you off? What puts me off is someone else. What they're eating and stuff. Um, or just how they're eating. When people eat with it, talk with their mouth full. That's the basic one. But I don't. I don't have a major issue with that unless I don't fancy them. I think if you don't find someone attractive. <laughs> The littlest thing a piss you off yeah, will make you feel right. like, okay, this is never going to work. If you really thought. find someone attractive, if they start talking with a mouthful, it can you're be like... really sexy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? To begin with, but then you start dating them the six months later, it's yeah. like, stop talking with your mouthful, it's disgusting. <laughs> but for the first six months, it's charming, isn't it? Oh my God. If you fancy funny. someone. Um, thank you so much oh for being God, on Table you. Manners. I honestly could have you here for the whole <laughs> evening. Stay for the week, yeah. And uh, I'm Rocky. Yeah. Oh, Rocky's going to sleep. He's yeah. getting... Are you going to bed, Rocky? Are you taking him out with you now? Yeah, I've got to go meet a friend. How did you get here? Did you come on in a tube? You came on the tube. He loves the tube. Do you ever get Ubers? Of course. What's your rating? Yeah, we need to know your rating. Come on. It's terrifying, isn't it? Hang on, let's have a look. Do you think you've got a good one? Jess is yeah, a I should have a good one, but Jess I'm, I'm is aware of it. Shit. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Is it? What are you on? You're not below 4.5, are you? Yeah. yeah. You are? And I think Do you I'm always a nice slam girl. the door? No, I don't think if I'm you a big slam the slammer. Door, they always like. I didn't know that. Right, let's go into my rating. So, your what do I go into your trips or help settings, isn't it? No, just go to your fa- your name, I think. Or, no, I it's know. just on the left with the little. I lines. always give five star. The little line. Four point three eight. Shit, Russell, <laughs> you crap, mate. What it's because of the dog. It's because of the dog. Do you ask to have the dog in? But you have to. I have to ring ahead all the time. And be like, nah, I've got mate, a dog. That's it. That four point three eight. 
I'm 4.46. I've only been on one trip. Russell. <laughs> I love that you were like, oh my God, are you below 4.5? Oh, oh, Jess, this is really embarrassing now. What are you on then? 4.46. Ask me, Russell. I've gone down, Ask actually. me. What are you on? 4.63. Still? Like, what do you mean, when, still? <laughs> well, when was the last time you check it after every trip? I get them trip? about 12 times a day. <laughs> I, I feel like... How Rocky, am I 4.38? Rocky's shit. No, Rocky's bringing you down. Oh, no, he's well, not. I don't care. Bring me down. Bring Rocky, me down on my Uber you bring, you bring him down. That's terrible. That what is a terrible... That's so fucked Do you him. give them tips? <laughs> well, that's after you get out. No, do, I do give Do they rate tips. you after they... I don't, I don't know, know, but I always give a tip now. Well, I always give five star, and I'm sorry, like... I wouldn't ever give someone not five star, and I'm super I bossy. I skip that. I don't, t- I don't star anymore. Mate, it's all bullshit. Maybe I'm well, super bossy. Obviously, yeah. it's not all bullshit. Russell, you need to change Because some people tune. don't pick you up if you're under a certain rating, do they? Yeah, mate, that's maybe why you're having to get the bus. I'm not. I'm I really, wonder what happens. I get him. I'm like, hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Really good. Thank you. And then, Ro- and then, then Rocky, Rocky snorts. <laughs> and I'm always like, is that you? Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much thank for being here. Thank you, and darling. And good luck with the podcast. It's called Talk Art. Talk Art. Mum, that was a fabulous dinner. One of oh, was it? Darling? It was a fabulous dinner. Fabulous guest. It, he was great. I am definitely gonna. I've got his number now, so I'm gonna annoy him. And be like, hi, can we go to Jesse? I could. I could have had him here for the weekend. I know. It's quite nice having someone on a Friday night. I mean, maybe not for him, but yeah. Yeah, but it was for us. It's lovely. I was we so... don't have a child to get up to in the morning, no, do he, we? No. no. He was so interesting about his work, about his... I mean, he's just such a fantastically committed, successful actor. He was great. And I think that people, maybe they don't, but people forget how acclaimed and respected and also successful he is. Like, how much incredible theatre he's done on the West End Broadway yeah. brilliant TV like brilliant choices important but he's an TV. intelligent actor he's a really intelligent a- actor yeah. and I like the sound of his mum I do too get it down yeah get it down yeah but you're a bit like that darling I, d- I mean I've never seen somebody finish a chocolate mousse as quickly as Russell Jesse I had it to cook in had three to cook seconds. extra meat no I think that was me though did Mom, I, did he I did enter- say like medium meat. It was uh, still alive, so... Darling, that's how you cook anglais. Well, I'm pregnant, so I'm not supposed to have it like that. Sorry, darling, it's got iron in it. You'll be all it right. It was delicious meat. What about the celeriac? Just, Mum, it, it, it was a meal that worked. You had the salt, the fat, the acid. You didn't have the heat, but that's okay. It was delicious. Um, but yeah. And I think Rocky enjoyed it. <laughs> Rocky really enjoyed it. Yeah. Rocky, I think, had the most out of everything. He had the most meat because I was trying to keep him from tip-tapping. Bless him. His little rhinoceros um, toenails were tip-tapping. <laughs> so um, we hope that that was okay for you. Um, but we'll forgive Russell and Rocky for everything because they are... Yeah, they're a pair. They're a pair. Bonnie and Clyde. And uh, yeah, and, and, and thank you, Russell, for being such a wonderful guest. He's inspiring about art. Because he's so passionate and committed. Yeah, and I think it's really exciting that he's doing this podcast. Talk yeah. Art. Talk Art. Great. Oh, sorry, I'm tired. tired. of keeping you up, darling. I'm tired. Night, night, darling. Night. Night.
The music you've listened to on Table Manners is by Peter Duffy and Pete Fraser. And Table Manners is edited by the wonderful Alice Williams. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.